0: You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Glory Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas. Thanks for joining in. For more information about Glory Day and next steps you can take with us, check out gdlc.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at gdlchouston. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he gathered around him 12 ordinary, uneducated, rough and tough, ragtag band of followers. They're not outstanding because of any natural talents or abilities they had. They were not renowned for their scholarly works or had no track record of public speaking or seminary training. These guys are full of mistakes, misstatements, missteps. They had wrong attitudes, they had lapses of faith, they had bitter failure. They were perfectly ordinary in every way. Real, living characters that I believe every one of us can identify with. Regular guys their faults and failures, their triumphs and tragedies. But as ordinary as these guys were, they were hand-selected and called by Jesus. To do what? To become the instruments by which the mess of Jesus Christ and him crucified would be carried to the ends of the earth. Called to be his disciples, to be living proof that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. That in the of themselves, they were obviously clearly not sufficient for the task in front of them. But as we know from scripture, that God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, that he chooses the weaker things to shame the strong, that he chose to use these few fallen infallible individuals to advance his kingdom rather than by mob rule or mob force or military might, personal popularity, or an incredible Facebook campaign. And how did Jesus begin? The four guys. Peter and Andrew, James and John. And he said to them, follow me. And as you do, I will make you into something that you currently are not. I advise you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. This is one of the accounts of the calling of the disciples. Matthew chapter 4 is the first book of the New Testament. If you're using the Bibles in front of you, it's on page 809. Matthew chapter 4, and I I want to begin with verse 18. Matthew 4, verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus did not say, I will make you better and more spiritual husbands and dads and workmen. He said, no, follow me and I will teach you what it means to live on mission as a discipled leader. And look at their response, verse 20. You know, this is one of those words right here you need to underline in your own Bibles, immediately. Without hesitation, without calling home and asking the wife it was okay, without checking the kids' soccer and tennis schedules, and without, Thinking about work requirements. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And look how they responded. Immediately. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And last week, Jason Phelps, our discipling director, he began a sermon series that we we're working on in the month of, of September called Basic Training. And if you look at the tagline, it says Learning to Live on Mission as Discipled Leaders. So let me unpack that for a moment. It's a little over a year before COVID hit that Gloria Day had decided very intentionally to make a move to start a discipling movement led by Pastor Brian to help us understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And we spent a lot of time defining the term of discipleship and what that would mean for us as a congregation. We did sermon series on it. We said that a disciple, first and foremost, is one who seeks Christ first in all things. And we said that the way you're gonna identify that and see how you live that out is that you're gonna be devoted and obedient to God's word. You see, James and John, the disciples, they heard God's word, they now became devoted to it, but they're obedient in their immediacy. We said a disciple is one who loves and serves other people. And we also said a disciple is one who is not only being discipled by someone else, who's someone's pouring into them but that then they are pouring into somebody else and discipling someone else. And so this series is designed to continue to build upon what we started with that movement, even with the pause of COVID. And so this series marks a reset, a restart, as we take this step of defining a disciple and what it means to live on mission as a discipled leader. Yeah, you know, for me last week, Jason hit on something that was so profound that I had not heard before, connecting Genesis chapter 128 to Matthew 28, verse 19. If you remember the account in Genesis 1, verse 28, as God created the heavens and the earth and, and, and the command he gave to Adam and Eve. God blessed them, and God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And you know, I've always, yeah, have babies, fill the earth. But then when he connected Matthew chapter 28, the beginning of verse 19, with the great commission that Jesus gave us when he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, You see almost a second command. Connecting be fruitful and multiply of Genesis 128 is more than a physical reproduction but it is a spiritual movement, a discipling movement based on the great commission that Jesus gave of making disciples of all nations. And the only way you're gonna do that is be fruitful and multiply. You see Jesus didn't say in the great commission go therefore and make church members of all nations. He didn't say, go therefore and make church attenders of all nations. He said, go make disciples. Now, I love that y'all are here. I love that you're attending worship, I love that you're members of Gloria Day, I, I love that you're watching online. I love the, the gathering, the, the, the ecclesia of the church, and I love the koinonia, the fellowship that happens because we gather together, and the encouragement, and support that the body of Christ gains from one another, but that's not the great commission. It says go and make disciples, and so if that's our job, I have to ask myself how am I doing? I gotta tell you, it's, it's like something pastors really struggle with. We struggle with two metrics. My entire ministry, church attendance and giving numbers. Because here's how it happens. You go to a pastor's conference, I I guarantee you it happens every time. Hey, how's it going? They really don't care. They do, but here comes the real question. How's attendance? How's your giving? And for some reason, if attendance is up and giving is up, you're a rock star pastor. And if it's down in either one, what's wrong with you? You need to go back to seminary school or you need to go back to more training or something. You're really messing up bad. And then COVID hit. And COVID reminded me that it can't be about attendance. Because, and it can't be about the building because folks weren't allowed to be in the building, but we still had the church gathered. And so it's an opportunity that I think in, a, in this COVID world, as we navigate through it and live with it, that God has provided an amazing opportunity, at least for me, to realize that it can't be about numbers. It can't be about giving. Yeah, sure, those things matter, but those are lagging indicators. Those aren't marks of how we're living out the Great Commission. And so what we have in Matthew 28 is a command. As you are going, as you are going in the rhythms of life, in your day-to-day activities, in your routines and crazy schedules, in your drives to school and from school, in the car line, to the track meet, to the soccer tournament, to the ballet recital, in the fast food line, because you haven't been home yet to even eat, so you gotta figure out how to feed your kids to the H O -O A meeting, to the gathering of wherever you're at as a single widow, divorced, married with kids, no kids, retired, repositioned, whatever it is. As you are going, fill the earth with disciples as you live on mission as a disciple leader. And so what we have in in Matthew chapter four is not only has he called those first disciples, look how he lived it out. Verse 23. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. You see, in those three years that, he was with, that Jesus was with his disciples, before he returned his father in heaven, there was this discipling plan that he, he built. He did three things simultaneously. He would attract crowds to him who would listen. He would gather people together. He called disciples who would learn from him. And then he sent the 12 out along with others who would go. I can't imagine that these 12 guys had any idea how Jesus or what he was gonna make them into. I'm still not even sure why they even followed him. Here they're doing their family business. The son of a carpenter shows up and they says, hey, follow me, they drop everything we have a little bit of understanding. If you look at Luke chapter five, the other account of the disciples being called, they follow Jesus because of what he did for them. Here's the story, they're out fishing all night, no fish. Jesus shows up and says, hey, you professional fishermen, you who know exactly what you're doing and me who have never been fishing before, throw your net on the other side. I'm thinking they're pretty skeptical. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, you're a nice guy and all, but, you know, and and, wow, can you preach? But, you know, dude, you got to leave the fishing stuff to us. Stay in your lane. We've been doing this all night. We haven't caught a thing. And to go out in the heat of the day, you got to be kidding me. That's just ridiculous. But they listened and they threw their nets out and they caught so much fish that it began to break and the boats began to sink and they needed help for others to bring the fish in. So after Jesus did that for them, he said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You see, they didn't follow Jesus because they wanted to be fishers of men. They followed Jesus because of what they saw in him and what Jesus just did for them, what they just experienced. And Jesus took them just as they were and knew that if they would follow him soon enough as he would teach them, lead them, he would rub off on them and they would become something they were not. Here's guys who grew up in the basic same area, common towns like Bethesda and Capernaum. Maybe they knew each other growing up. They had faults, character flaws, and yet they carried on this ministry after Jesus ascended to heaven that totally turned the world upside down. And what I want you to know about that is their ministry is still going on today. We are here today because of the impact that ministry they had because of their obedience to Jesus to follow the call. We are literally a result or part of their legacy. And to those whom we are with as we go making disciples, those in this generation who minister to the next generation, are leaving a legacy as well. We are here today because there was 50 years ago, plus people who were sold out for Christianity to start a church here in Nassau Bay. We are here today because Hope Lutheran Church saw the need to have a ministry to the space community. And so we were started a daughter church And in that 50 years, we are blessed because of the legacy of disciple-making that took place under Pastor Leo and and Pastor Kay and Pastor Greg and Pastor Vince. You are a result of the legacy of your parents and their parents. Or maybe a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or a loved one who, who took the time as they were going to share Jesus with you. Ephesians says literally the foundation of the church was started because of the apostles and disciples. And so I'll let on you know, a little secret. As a staff, we are spending time in a 10 week intensive training together As what it means to live out our live on mission as a disciple leader, and what what I'm sharing with you in this series is just a little taste of what staff is learning together, and that we're going to have a congregational rollout in January of 2022 because it's time. It's time for us to do a reset and move on and move past this pandemic. So as we look at the process of discipleship through the actions of Jesus, I want you to think about this in terms of this funnel. As you see this funnel, I want you to think about Jesus' ministry. It started with one person, Jesus. Jesus brought together 12 people. And simultaneously as he brought together these 12 people, he brought together 72 who he sent out by pairs to heal diseases, to minister to the sick. And as this group continued to do ministry together, just before Jesus ascended, he had gathered 120 people together and he said, wait for me, or wait for the Holy Spirit, go to the upper room in Jerusalem and I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit upon you. And if you look at what happened in the upper room as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out and on the day of Pentecost, they preached this incredible message, and what happened? 3,000 people became part of the church. 3,000 brand new disciples. There's a great passage in 1 Corinthians 1 26 that reminds us, consider our calling. I want you to know, what is our calling? By virtue of our baptism, Jesus has called us into a new relationship with him, forgiven of our sins, redeemed from our past, brought back into a relationship with our creator. We've been given the gift of living out our baptismal calling that as we are outgoing, We are living our lives. We're to multiply, fill the earth, and make disciples of all nations. And in that same section of 1 Corinthians, it shows that God doesn't pick the most suitable for this ministry. People who have all the right answers and people who knew all the Bible inside and out, he chose us. In our day-to-day routines and our crazy schedules and our hectic lives, in the middle of all we do, be salt of the earth and light of the world. So let me close with a, an example. I'm going to invite the band forward. In Acts chapter three and four, you got a group of disciples who heal a guy who's paralyzed. This guy is sitting at the temple gates, and and Peter and John are ready to go in, and they're going to go with worship. But then they see this guy, and the guy's asking them. For money, and they said, Silver or gold, I don't have, but you know what I can tell you? In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And the man got up, and leaping up, he stood and he entered in the temple with them praising God. I want you to think about something. Last week, Jason talked about that our identity in Christ gives us the authority of Christ. And so, my question is, do you believe that? Do you believe, do I believe that we literally have the same authority as Jesus, who cast out demons, who performed miraculous signs? Do we believe we have the same authority as those first disciples? Do we believe that we have been released, equipped, and empowered to live with missional eyes for an opportunity to have disciples making kingdom impact? I want you to know, we have been given that authority. We have been, by virtue of our baptism, given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now don't hear me saying we're gonna start having snakes up here, we're gonna have all kinds of crazy things happening up here. But I'm gonna tell you something, every one of us have the authority to do miraculous signs and visions and dreams and, and signs and wonders. And I think so many times we, 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 we limit ourselves because of our lack of faith, like, no, I really can't do that, but I have the authority, I have the commission, I have the command that as I'm going out in my life, every day, I have the privilege and the opportunity to be used by the Holy Spirit to make disciples of people. You see, from one to 12, from 12 to 72, from 72 to 120, from 120 to 3,000. And if you look in this text in Acts 4, from 3,000 to 5,000 more. That y'all is kingdom multiplication. That is what God was saying to Adam and me, be fruitful and multiply. This isn't about numbers. It's about lives changed and lives transformed. The message of grace and forgiveness. Because if we're serious about helping more people live life with Jesus every day, it begins here. It begins now. Living on mission. As disciple leaders. Going with authority and the Command of Jesus to make disciples and making kingdom impact. That more people may spend eternity with him. That's my prayer for us, Glory Day. To God alone be the glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope God used this time to turn your heart more towards Him. Be sure to check out Glory Day online at GDLC.org for next steps you can take. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GDLC Houston as we help more people live life with Jesus every day.